Welcome to episode 234 of Stageworthy, the live edition. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. And my guest tonight is Franny McKay-Bennett. Hi, Franny. Hi. So how are you doing in all of this? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really up and down with it, to be honest. The first two weeks uh, that I was doing, like I was doing a self-isolation quarantine back Back in the old days when we thought if you did like a 14-day isolation after you may have been exposed, then you could re-enter the world in some way. Um, back when that was happening, uh, mid-March, I did those two weeks and then realized, no, this is just my new life. This is life now. And that was really, really tough. That time period was really difficult like the adjustment into something that I thought was temporary into something being vaguely permanent but also vaguely we don't know was really really hard I would say this last sort of week and a half so it's beginning of this week is oh god it's only Tuesday um, <laughs> I would say the last like week or so I've been much more uh normal feeling like feeling like okay well this sucks but I'm not as troubled by it as I was originally mm -hmm. so I don't know but then every once in a while something will hit me in a wave that will be really crappy so I don't know how are you how are you doing you know I have an advantage that um I'm an introvert and so in some ways I'm doing pretty well um, mm. I would like to have the option to, you know, go for brunch or go to coffee with a friend or something, but, yes. um, I'm pretty good at, at, uh, spending many days on my own. That said, video mm -hmm. does not replace face-to-face -face conversation. Um, and so here I am and, and video is pretty much all we got. Yes. Yeah, um, it's really hard and weird. Yeah, yeah. And of course, as you mentioned, like those first, that first little while thinking, oh, this is just two weeks and then we can, off we go back into the world. How naive we all were that in those old days so long ago in what oh. feels like last year. Yes, I know. I know. Time is completely irrelevant. I feel like... I, I on my best days am already someone who like I can turn like into a nocturnal vampire person like in on the drop of a hat like if I stay up past midnight I'm like oh great mm. and so I'll just be up until 7 a.m. and I'll sleep all day and this is my new life like that happens to me very <laughs> quickly anyway right so that plus this like vaguely I, I haven't had this much disorientation around time since I think being like a kid and when it's like summer and you're just like, I know eventually school will happen, but it's not today. Yeah. And like, that's as much as I can gather. And then suddenly one day someone's like, we're buying pens. And you're like, oh, I guess it's happening soon. Like I feel like a tiny child and then I have no idea what 
what is happening every day. It's bizarre. Yeah, there are no markers in there. None of the things that would normally tell us what day of the week it is. And I feel that way. And I'm working from home. My day job is still going. And yet I, since I don't really leave the house, except maybe a walk in the morning, there's nothing that tells me, ah, this is a day when I don't work. It all feels mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. Now, yes. Now you have you. I mean, you have the additional thing that that um, you were expecting to be getting sort of slowly ramping up the the Hamilton Fringe as a as an associate producer there. Yes, yes, exactly, correct. So I'm in a funny spot now. So we announced exactly a week ago, last Tuesday, that the festival as we know it would be canceled for this year because mm. we just. There's no way of, at this point, honestly, I don't think it's realistic that group events will be happening in late July anyway. No. But at the point where we made the decision, we were thinking, you know, even if those events can happen, we won't know what that reality will look like until it's far too late to plan for it. So even yeah. if, you know, we were able to somehow have people do stuff, it would be far too late to actually put anything together. And our artists weren't able to rehearse because they're not, you know, unless they're doing online rehearsals or whatever, but they, it's just super bonkers and, and, and weird for everyone. And it seems like it's just dominoes of, you know, the earlier festivals, fringe festivals canceling. And just as time ticks, it seems every day that it gets closer to a festival opening and other festivals like, well, count us out. So yeah. it's very weird and and sad and I'm also in this kind of funny spot personally where my day job is right now being the associate producer for Hamilton Fringe I've been in that role for just about a year it would have been last April I started but I am also an actor and and have performed in fringes and so I really have this tearing up of me, of, mm. you know, the, being the producer side and, and trying to look at everything logistically, but then also feeling awful for the artist. And then also the majority of my community, like just people in my life are connected to the arts, either professionally or, you know, passionately as a passion and seeing everybody cancel, having to cancel and not able to do their work. And it's been really brutal. And then I've got this funny thing. So we took a week to like, we made our announcement and then we all were like, our brains are broken. Our, we're very sad. We're going to take a break off like for a week. And then we're going to start to think about what maybe if there's another version or format. And I have no answers about that. We still don't know, but we're starting to kind of dip our toes back into the world of like, is there something we can do? Or do we just spend all this time and have like, you know, if we're not the most smoothly run festival in 2021, then we'll never be. And it's impossible mm, because yeah. now, you know, we've got all the time in the world to plan and get everything organized. So I don't even know yet what I'm supposed to be working on. Like, and I have this weird, like kind of survivor's guilt of like, okay, we canceled the festival and all my friends who are actors, no one can work and no one can do anything. And and I opened my email today to try and start to do some fringe stuff in some capacity. And part of me is like, oh, I feel bad doing this. But also I need, you know, to survive. And I yeah. like the fringe and I want the fringe to survive and grow and do well. But, oh, it's like everything is 
so complicated now. Yeah. I feel like all of the things like the, for me, fringe and fringe all over the country is something that, that I look forward to. I look forward to hearing about shows mm -hmm. that are happening somewhere else that I might not be able to see. And I look forward to, to having those shows come to the city where I am or be in driving the distance and hearing people's triumphs and stories about, about fringe and, and all that and, and life on the, in the fringe circuit. And it, as every day goes on, it seems like that's not even going to happen, especially when you look at like an Edmonton fringe not happening, which is one of the, the, oh. the tentpole fringe festivals of the, yes. in the Canadian fringe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At what point did you, I mean, I think that everybody sort of has been suspecting and, and it doesn't really come as a surprise to anybody that these, that the festivals are having to be canceled or some are calling it postponed. Um, mm -hmm. At what point were you up until when were you like trying to hold out hope that the festival would still happen? We had been starting to put like contingency plans together in from early March, like as soon as things started to get kind of weird or we were hearing rumblings and, you know, health, public health measures were getting more strict. We, we knew that it was possible. So we had that planning of like, this is version A of the festival, totally normal. This is version B of the festival. Uh, maybe we do only local artists and the capacities are way smaller in the venues. This is version C of the festival. Like we had all these different plans with the last one being a cancellation. And it seemed like every hour there was news and updates and changes and um, information coming to us from our venue partners and artists asking questions and what, if we had new policies and we were, you know, being as proactive as we could, but then also responding to, you know, we had like a plan. We were going to send out a newsletter. I can't remember when at some point, a couple weeks ago. And then we were like, no, we certainly can't send out a newsletter because, you know, Trudeau just made whatever announcement about whatever thing. And it would be completely bananas, like to send out that messaging or we were going to, mm. you know, we had a social media plan that we were going to be promoting, our family friend shows during March break, because that makes sense. <laughs> like people are looking for fun yeah. things and we were like, great. We had this whole little thing rolled out. And then the, the Ontario government announced that March break, the schools were going to be closed and everything was starting to get ramped up. We're like, Oh, well that we clearly can't like, that would be totally unprofessional and bizarre to mm. be pushing messaging for kids programs when people are scared to have kids together in groups like that. We can't do that. And, we also thought if there's a chance that any of these artists choose to pull their shows before we had officially canceled anything, we also thought we can't be like false advertising or make these artists feel compelled to, right. you know, either stick with us or make a big show of like, why did you say we'd do a show if we might want to cancel? So we, it was really like every hour that we were mm. reevaluating and going through everything, everything, everything. And then the official announcement happened on Tuesday of last week and um, we had come to the decision. I think we all saw it coming, like no one was surprised. Um, but by the end of the, uh, like by near the end of the week before we were like, mm, we think this is fairly likely. 
And we have a very close relationship with the Toronto Fringe because mm -hmm. the cities are so close. We have so many crossover artists, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, like I personally like used to work for Toronto Fringe. Now I'm at Hamilton Fringe and still have close relationships there. And our exec director and, and the exec director in Toronto are, are very close and they've been super helpful with lots of different things because we're, you know, on the smaller side and we will often uh, can like idea share with them and resource share and, and they are always very generous with their resources and, and um, positions on things. So we also knew like if Toronto is not going to go ahead, then that's a cue for us because we just have so many shared things and mm -hmm. we really do find that in the artistic community um, it's, it's usually very helpful for us, but as soon as Toronto decides to introduce a new initiative or have a new way of programming or is making a policy change or whatever, artists immediately come to us and say, are you doing that? What are you doing? Are, is anything changing? What do you think about this? Mm. So we knew that even just uh, if Toronto was unable to go ahead and we were undecided, we would be bombarded by people asking, okay, they're out, what are you doing? Like we knew that that would yeah. be the immediate response. So we were also um, in conversation with them about what they were thinking. And it just became very clear to both festivals that it was, it was not possible. Uh, but I mean, we, we saw it come, like we saw the horizon from afar, um, but we really were holding on until really within days of the announcement. It, it, we, we were really hoping that it would be doable. So Boy, I think going. that's the case with with pretty much everybody. Is the is the hope? Oh, if we just wait long enough, maybe it will mm -hmm. it'll go. We'll be able to go ahead. Um, mm -hmm. I had my suspicions that this was might be a, a summer without theater when Broadway mm. uh, shut down. Um, and as yeah. soon as I started to hear, you know, as it, as things started to go on, and and thinking about the idea of like this finishing, let's say that we, you know in early June, everybody is able to go back out into the world. Will they be mm -hmm. comfortable in an audience? Yes. Oh my gosh. That was something we were talking about quite often. And, you know, we're a member of um, CAF, which is the Canadian Association of French Festivals. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a, a sort of a North American association because we have quite a few American festivals that are part of that membership. And we've been having weekly meetings for a month, at least now. And um, just because everyone, there was so much happening all the time and from all across North America that it, it felt essential to be updating with everybody constantly. And uh, yeah, like it, it just, it did just feel like this wave, this ripple effect, this wave of what's going to be happening. But then there, there was also an interesting perspective of, you know, some of the like smaller festivals felt theoretically safer than bigger festivals because maybe you have mm. less people traveling maybe your venues are smaller you know if you're a if you're a festival that has all your venues are less than 50 seats okay in some jurisdictions that's still allowed you know in yeah. some spots that's still okay so it just but as we're going along and and getting more results and more information and you know sort of gleaning information and spying on all of the countries who've started this journey earlier than Canada and seeing, you know, and I don't know all the medical background, but I know that there have been some cases in South Korea where 
uh, cases have reemerged or were dormant and then come back. So now there's lots of questions of, okay, how, how, what are the waves of this going to look like? And how long are those going to last? And how are those going to impact people? And yeah, I think your f- original question was about people's feeling safe. And that was something as well that we thought, you know, if, if it turns out, uh, we have no idea, like we have no yeah. model to predict what this is going to be like, like, is everybody going to be desperate to get out and go to a party? I think everyone's going to be desperate to like go hug their closest friends and families. I know that's high on my list, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm also watching movies and TV shows. And when people are like sitting, like going to a party or sitting in a restaurant or holding hands with a stranger on a date, I'm like screaming at them, like get away from each other. <laughs> You're not being yeah, safe. Yeah. Like, our minds have already warped into this vigilance that I don't know how long it'll take to let it go. Um, I did. I did hear a couple. I mean, people are making comparisons um, with the nineteen eighteen span flu. Um, yes. And and you know there are lessons there about about lifting quarantine, lifting the lockdown too early, but also mm-hmm. the fact that you know the same thing sort of happened: bars, theaters, movie movie houses, those all closed down. And yes. there was a period of time after that where people were still uncomfortable getting into a room together. Mm-hmm. But one of the differences there is that um, because of the war, newspapers weren't really printing stories about the flu. And Mm. so people who got sick were viewed with suspicion rather than now, as we are walking around in masks and we're walking around each other and giving each other six feet of space or more, there's Mm. sort of like a, a camaraderie in doing that. So instead of distrusting others, we're at least sort of, you know, we're together in our separateness yes. in some cases. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of look at that as, as maybe a positive thing. But even with that, it's going to be a while before it's going to be a little while before we're comfortable sitting in a theater and hearing somebody cough and mm-hmm. not freak out. I think at least until there's a vaccine and everybody has been vaccinated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which of course means that 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 you know theater is evolving. There's, I think we're in an early wave of of theater. We were talking last week with uh, with Cass Van Wyck and 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 uh, mm. uh, Michael Ross Albert about about uh, Zoom theater and what works and and what doesn't. And I think we're in a very early stage of 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 desperate experimentation um, where we're having what essentially is an, uh, a remote office meeting, but trying to stage theater that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe as, as time goes on, we can come up with other, other options and other ways to do it. Um, but because we all have a need to create, it's not just that, you know, not, uh, we're not all sitting here saying, Oh, now look at me because I'm the actor. I can keep you entertained. We have a need to create and perform. And so we're going to find other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that sort of like leans into what um, some of the festivals might might try to do because you don't want to just cancel the best parts of the summer. Yes, yes, I, I, I yeah. And something that came up in um, in a meeting, I don't know who coined this term, so I would attribute it if I could, but unfortunately, I'm not sure who who created it. But um, there was a discussion of something called panic content versus, mm. you know, content that's actually uh, 
not that it's like worthwhile, but something that's being created out of a, a fear or a desperation or a desire of, you know, I know I can speak for myself personally when we were talking about all the different options for Fringe. For sure, I was someone that was like, okay, then we'll just do it online. And then people were like, yeah, okay, and how? Mm. And how does that actually benefit the artist? And yeah. okay, so we'll have to do things like make a worksheet so that we can tell artists this is, you know, you need to consider your lighting. What's your audio source? Are you recording? Are you going live? Like they're all, there are so many more elements to it that that are worth considering. Um, I'm always, you know, my my background as a fringe artist myself has been primarily solo shows or duo shows that are like, you know, a suitcase show. It's stuff that you, mm. you know, that it's, it's, and my last two shows have been storytelling shows essentially of me just on stage talking about stuff. And uh, so I'm very on board for, you know, just, just get up and do it. And it can be you sitting on a chair and that's fine. Like I, I understand that as well. I don't think it has to be, um, an aesthetic judgment, mm. but I think it's the driving force underneath it. Like, is mm -hmm. it, Oh God, I have to make a thing. And so here's a thing I made. And is there a self-awareness around that? Or is it just, you know, a, a, a piece that's going out into the space without still considering it as art for an audience to be consumed. And I mm. think that we're going to continue, as you're saying, I think we're going to continue to refine and, develop different skills, new skills and fun, inventive, creative ways to continue to feed that desire of I want to create work, or I've got this spark of something or I feel the need to connect or whatever it is in a way that is still um, sort of helpful for everyone involved. So it's not just an actor you know, I can't tell you for the first couple of weeks I would look on Instagram and it was like the number of people that were going live on Instagram was huge. Like I couldn't scroll. I couldn't get through the scrolling of how many people were offering content, which was really cool. But at the same time was like, okay, so what do we, how do I as a consumer, not less shopper, but how do I as somebody that's taking this in navigate this? So I think we mm -hmm. do want to keep in mind like how does this work for our audiences accessibility is still a thing particularly in festival world if we're moving yeah. back into that kind of frame something that is a, a, one of the core tenets of the fringe is that the ticket prices are accessible so lots of different types of folks can take in the artwork and mm -hmm. what do you do like if then everything has to be online what about people that don't have a, a reliable internet connection? What about people that don't use yeah. devices? What about people that mm -hmm. are sending emails once a week from the library? Because that's the best way that that works for them, or that's the only option they have. You know, if those public yeah. spaces are gone, if a coffee shop's Wi-Fi isn't open to you, you know, how do we still try and serve those folks? And I don't have an answer for, for that one, but I think there's a lot of questions that, are going to continue to come up that people are going to continue to explore and try to answer. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, and it's interesting that that term, uh, panic, panic theater, panic making, panic um, content, panic content. Um, and I think we did yeah. see a lot of that um, in the first few weeks. I know mm -hmm. because just the thought for the, the last month or so, the thought of creating something seemed impossible because yeah. of the thick, 
layer of anxiety that was hanging in the air. Mm. And like the idea of, of sitting down and writing something or doing something like that just seemed like, what could I write about? What could I do? I could talk about how I'm freaking out and panic scrolling in my apartment. Um, mm -hmm. Or I can just allow myself to feel that and hope that later on I will feel like making something. Yes. Yes. And there's also this interesting, um, at first it seemed like there was a really intense pressure and expectation that everyone would be productive and everyone would be making and mm, everyone would yeah. be sharing and showing. And it seems that people have realized how any sort of universal expectation is unrealistic. Yeah. You know, of course, some people are totally going to fall into that category and that's great. But there's also a lot of people that are going to say, I, no, I can't or I want to, but I'm not able to or I don't want to or whatever. So I, I have been sort of relieved to see that there's been some um, kind of pushback from people of I'm seeing lots of memes of like, you can just sit there like it's okay. And I think it puts artistic folks in an even wilder space because we're used to the hustle. We're constantly yeah. submitting for things, auditioning for things. Okay, that didn't come through. Okay, I'm talking to 10 different people about 10 different projects and da, 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 da. And I think that drive of, okay, I'm so used to being in the grind of this, but now how, I don't know how. I'm in a new universe. Like I was making a joke to my friends. If I connected with someone, they'd say, you know, how are you doing? And I'd say, gosh, I don't know what date is. I don't know what planet I'm on. Like, I don't know yeah. where, where am I in space? Like, so to try and if you were in one of those frames of mind, seeing that, um, you know, Shakespeare wrote King Lear. All right. Well, I think I'm going to take a nap, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a strange headspace to be in if you spent a lot of your time auditioning and submitting for things and looking for, for auditions and, and that hustle, because now that hustle doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to submit for. There's nothing to audition for. There's no one to hustle to. And so what yeah. do you do with your time aside from worry about, you know, rent? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody does. That's the thing. And yeah. and only only time is going to tell as we go on. Mm -hmm. How I mean, aside from outside of fringe, have you been a have you been feeling any creative um things coming your way or are you completely are you still in the I'm just going to sit here and take a nap? Um, it's kind of coming and going. And I would say, I, I feel like right now I'm in a space where I'm having a lot of ideas, but I feel like the execution either feels too complicated or I don't know how, or I'm like, Oh, great. Like, that's a cool idea. I'll save that for when I can do it. You know, I'm kind of in that space. Um, or I'll have these like really big plans, like almost like it's reminding me of, you know, New Year's resolutions where I'm like, I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to put a sticker on my calendar for every time I <laughs> work out. And yeah. I'm having those thoughts, but about arty things. So things like, you know, I had this whole idea. I've had, I put a couple of videos up on Instagram of music things and I'm like, oh, this is great. I haven't been singing in years. I'm going to really 
dedicate this time to some singing and I'm going to do this whole thing. And I keep coming up with all these like huge plans and strategies and ideas and then doing one of them and being like, eh, that seems fine. <laughs> it feels so overwhelming to do anything else. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I'm a bit all over the place. I think that we're all kind of all over the place because this is uncharted territory for all of us, for everybody. This Everything mm -hmm. is new and different and unknown. And that is not a great place to be. It's one thing to be in the arts and people will say, oh, it's so uncertain being in the arts. Never before like this. Yes. Like there are things that yes. we could know. There are things that we could know, like I have a job at a restaurant. I have this job. I'm going to go to these auditions. Here's the things that's coming up. We don't know if the theater is going to open in three months, six months, a year. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so it's how, how we can, how anybody can expect you to not be all over the place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would explain it to people who aren't in the theater world of like, they're like, Oh, so what's, an actor. What's it like being an actor? I'm like mostly it feels like I go on job interviews all the time for jobs that I know won't hire me. So <laughs> just think about when you're job hunting that like stressful month when you decide you're going to leave your last job and you're going to find a new job. I live like that all the time. Like that's mm -hmm. my life. But now yeah. I'm like, it's that, but also there are no jobs. It's like, it's yes. that, but also I'm in a black hole and the world is underwater and I like, <laughs> I, I don't have legs anymore somehow. Like, it's like <laughs> everything is just crazy. Yeah. I've given myself the freedom for naps. I mean, I've, I've mm. been feeling naps for a little while now, but there are times where I'd be like, no, you can't take naps during the week. Naps are for the weekend. Now I'm all about like, if I feel like I need a nap, that nap is happening. And I don't care what day it is because somehow when everything, when the overwhelm takes you, you just sort of have to, turn mm -hmm. your brain off for a little while. Yeah, actually, I was talking about that with my mom. My my grandma lives in a, a senior's residence. And um, so she's, uh, we don't really see her. She is on a, she has a balcony. So sometimes my mom will be able to, you know, wave to her on her balcony, but we can't mm. do anything beyond that. And, but she was talking to my mom on the phone and saying she's like sleeping so, so, so much. And my mom was talking about sleeping and, yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it's a trauma response. It's something that our body does when we're mm. overwhelmed and we need to take a time out. It'll your brain mm. will just be like goodbye, <laughs> like you've had enough. Yeah. Now you sleep. And I think listening to that is is smart and uh, and necessary and important. I think I think it's I think it's healthy to do that. Absolutely. And I'm really lucky with my um my colleagues at at the Hamilton Fringe, like just our we're a little small group of um, three core members on the summer projects. And then we have a fourth team member that works with us with our youth programming and our winter festival. And then we hire a, a whack of seasonal and contract folks. But our, our immediate little tight circle is really super understanding and supportive and lovely and great. And I'm so lucky because I've been uh, changing my like work schedule almost every week because <laughs> I keep trying to find ways to kind of accommodate things. And I used to work three full days for them a week. I do like a 10 to six or a nine to five, whatever. And then I would do other projects on other days. And, um, 
I I just have been trying to re figure out my hours because I realized doing my normal day I just can't focus like I can't concentrate it's my brain goes all over the place and since everything is remote I'm on computer and internet all day and it's so easy to just fall into a quick or I also run our social media so I'm like okay great Mm. I'll post a thing on Facebook and I'm like oh no I've been reading articles on Facebook for like an hour that are completely unrelated to the work or whatever so I've had to totally shift my schedule. So now I'm working like five hours a day on more days. Like I, and I might even have to break that up and break, make it even, I'm thinking, do I just do three hours a day every single day? Like, what do I, what do I do? Like, it's just, it just like the, the coping mechanisms seem to be switching just as quickly as, as everything else. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I I really miss going to work. This whole mm. working from home thing is not for me because, you know, I wake up, I work in the same place and I finish work and I guess I move over to the couch now. Um, mm-hmm. There's no scene change. I'm not surrounded by the people like everybody who's focused on work. There's something about being in the same room with people. If you're able to do that is like that helps you focus. And I feel like like every day just focusing on work is a huge struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. What, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in all of this, we all have to find our, our moments of joy and things that are, 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 are uh, for want of a better term, giving us life, things that are carrying us through. Mm-hmm. What are the things whether theater or art related or otherwise that are helping you to get through all of this right um i would say my biggest like thing that really shifted cuz the first couple of weeks were bad like i deal with anxiety just in general that's how my brain goes mm-hmm. but the first couple of weeks of this it was extremely difficult like i was not functioning very well at all Uh, I had to re get in touch with my therapist who I hadn't talked to in a little while. And and she was like, yep, here I am. And thank goodness that was great. And it just was really hard. Like I was not doing well. I was terrified to leave my house, a bunch of old, you know, brain stuff that had been, I thought resolved all came rearing back up in in this time of crisis. And so it was really, really tough. And I worked really hard to like get back in control of those things and, and put some practices back in place in a more active way. But a big thing that sw- like helped me really feel more normal. And it, since, since that time, I've been pretty much on an even keel. So I think it was a combination of everything together. But I went to, um, I went on a date a video date with my partner mm-hmm. to uh, an online dance party. Um, oh. Yeah. So we, so my partner, so I, I have two very lovely uh, different partners. I'm polyamorous and also, Oh my God, that's been killing. Like I'm somebody who's very naturally like just connected to lots of different people and different communities sure. and face to face time is a big deal for me. And, um, I'm, I have these two very lovely people that I'm dating and those relationships were uh, 
you know, just, just kind of getting rolling into like their newer relationships. And, and so the timing of this was also especially like torturous, mm. <laughs> like really, really frustrating because of that too, yeah. was a huge thing. Um, and I know that uh, a lot of people are being impacted in different ways, but I do feel like the extroverts are really taking a hit and the polyamorous people are really taking a hit and it's just like, oi, oi, oi. So anyway, my, um, I am still having video dates with, with them, which thank goodness. Cause I would completely mm. be bananas if that weren't happening. And, um, so one of them suggested, why don't we go to this dance party? And I had completely forgotten. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then the day came up and it was a Saturday and they're like, okay, that dance party thing is tonight. And we were both kind of like, oh, I don't know, like, do we, are we, do we have the energy or do we just watch another episode of like the D and D live play show that we watch? <laughs> like, how, how energetic are we feeling tonight? And we were like, no, you know what? Let's do it. Like it's, free it's it's this like queer event that if we were in the city like if we were in person we'd be going so let's just see what happens and so we got ready together like over a video and picked our outfits and did our makeup and whatever and then uh, I had a I had it rigged up so that my phone was a video date with my partner and then my computer was like the zoom giant mega thing so I could like see both and interact with both and uh and it ended up I had such a great time like it was so much fun I felt so connected I actually felt like I was in a different space like I mm. felt like I was actually in a different world and for me the most exciting thing was seeing the way it was set up it would um the screen would like scroll through just randomly scroll through all different people's videos so you could do a video or not if you didn't want to be on video. But there were, at one point, there had to be probably 200 people. And people are kind of in and out and pretty consistently mm. between 80 and 150 people throughout the night. And just seeing everyone in their own house and feeling mm. like, no, we are, like, we are all, we're all doing it. Like, we all have yeah. to. And we're all doing it. And seeing people in their own little spaces was so reassuring and felt mm. like, such a tight community and there was also the chat happening because it was a zoom meeting which has chat options so people were able to comment on what was happening or just talk about whatever and there was like people in their kitchen making dinner and then when the camera would go like when they would be a featured video they'd like wave their spatula and their like dog <laughs> would jump and then there was like one person who had a very tiny baby that was clearly less than like two months old that was like just sitting in their lap falling asleep. Oh. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this. Yeah. And it also felt like this couldn't happen in real life. Like this person making pasta might not be here. Like if they want to just stay yeah. home and have yeah. pasta, they might not be out. Mm. And this little tiny baby would definitely not be allowed. The dogs can't come in real life. Like seeing all these different things. And then people had really done fun things where they'd set up like, crazy flashing lights to make it look like a club and then it would go to someone else's space and they were like lying in their bed just being like hi <laughs> like just doing <laughs> nothing and but still participating and and just there's this one person who was dancing like 
so such a fun dancer like dancing all over the place lots of fancy moves in like a a cool outfit like a bikini kind of skimpy little outfit doing all wild moves in a room that was clearly full of books like in a library <laughs> and then at one point throughout the evening they just had all these different food that they were eating and then they were doing these like really killer moves with like this never-ending bowl of noodles and it was just <laughs> the best like i had such a great time i had such a great time and then my partner was on the video date with I'm like okay i'm getting tired i'm gonna go to bed and i was like okay and throughout the evening a few friends that i hadn't planned to meet up with were also there and saw me when i was on the video and sent me messages being like oh my god you're here and it really felt like bumping into friends at a bar like you're like mm. oh my god hey how are you been and that was really really fun and then my other partner ended up just going there like for their evening social thing and then sent me a message and was like, hey, like, I want to have a dance with you. And I was like, well, my date just ended because my other partner went to bed. Like, you want to have a date? And they're like, yep. And so then I got to hang out with them for like the last hour of the night. And it just was such a healing, connecting thing. And it was fun. And I moved my body and I was wearing an outfit that I definitely wouldn't wear if I was just in my house. Like I was in like dancing clothes and I had done kind of wild makeup and it really transported me and took me to another place and and felt like I was in that other place with a bunch of other people. It was huge. And the next morning I woke up after that and it was the first morning since everything had been happening that I felt completely calm. Mm. Like I felt completely like, this is fine. Like, do I love it? No. Mm. Is it choices I would be making for myself? No. But is it going to hurt me? No. Is it going to impact my life knife negatively? No. Am I going to be able to get up today and have breakfast and, you know, knit a blanket and not feel like the world is ending? Yes, I think I will. And it was the first day that I really felt like the b before times. And it was huge. And that feeling has, I've been able, once I had a taste of that feeling, <laughs> I've been able to hold on to it hmm. and, and kind of eke it out and stretch it out and I think really seeing all those different people was just so important for me personally mm. just to see and it's very easy for me to um I try really hard to be uh an empathetic person um mm. like a kind caring person those are important qualities to me and and I really do try and imagine things from lots of different perspectives but Anytime I would hear of someone just kind of breaking the quarantine rules, like mm. casually popping out or, you know, making a choice that like I've been like, no one goes in or out. Like, I'm yeah, being, yeah, yeah. like really being strict. And so I know there's different reasons that can accommodate for that. But when I would hear of the ones that were just kind of like, mm, I'm just going to like real quick, just quickly dip out and do this thing that I know I'm not supposed to. And I don't really need to, but I'm just going to do it anyway, because probably it'll be fine those kind of stories were mm. starting to really tear me up. So there was something in the solidarity of, you know, yeah, everyone's just in their house because they got to be. Yeah. We're all yeah. here. Yeah. Um, are there ways that you're thinking that you can, because um, as, as much as you can stretch this, this event and the feeling from this event uh, further, are there, is there, are you thinking that, I mean, eventually it's going to peter out. Is there another way that you can think of to keep that going or are there other 
dances that you're aware of that are coming up or just to, just to help keep that. Yeah. I know there are a lot of different events like that, that are happening. The specific one that, um, that I was involved in was through Lavender, which is a, a queer femme event thing that happens in Toronto that is happening online. But I know there's a bunch, there's a bunch and most of them are free. Mm. Um, so if anyone's curious, like just Google online dance party, mm. there's going to be a million options for you. If that specific thing sounds interesting. Um, there's a lot of things that are moving into, you know, zoom and whatever. I'm mm-hmm. sure we, we all could list a bunch of those different, categories of stuff i know people that are hosting knitting circles and painting (laughs) parties and you know movie watching and all sorts of things so that's definitely uh if anyone is craving like i feel like what you would normally do in your normal life just see what the replacements are for that like that's Mm. an event i would have gone to in real life and i also keep noticing that i call it real life and not real life (laughs) (laughs) in real life i would have gone to that but in quarantine life i i mean i mean that's that's not a i i I think that terminology is not so unusual i mean Mm. we don't think of quarantine life as real life it is an extenuating strange circumstance and we can't wait until our real lives get to get to happen again yeah you know, yeah, I told all that, my friends that like handshakes are out when this is over. Yo, like, yeah. I'm not shaking your hand. I am hugging you. I don't care. You yes. know, like, yes, this has been like long enough that a handshake is no, it's yeah. hugs from now on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like everyone's going to like the first day we're allowed to do stuff. I can't tell you how many <laughs> sleepover parties people are going to be having. It's gonna Absolutely. Be like, we're all going to be going back to our roots of like, let's stay all up, like stay up late. And we're 10 of us are going to sleep on the floor and just be near each other and just talk and breathe. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I guess if I had any like advice from that thing, it would be to try and, and my sister was talking about this. I'm very lucky in that I have a sister who has a a clinical psychology PhD. Mm. She's a practicing psychologist. So every, uh, I was going to say every once in a while, but that's a lie. Very often I'm like, help me, Hannah. <laughs> and uh, so she has decided she's taking an approach of just trying to live as normally as possible. Hmm. So still taking in, you know, important health information and following whatever rules are rules, but otherwise trying to just live as normally as possible and stop feeding that sense of this is impossible and this is so bizarre and everything's so crazy and, and seeing what that does. And I'm, I'm going to like, I very recently, like yesterday was like, I'm going to try and be more mindful about that too. Mm. And I think that was a big part of why that impacted me so much was that it Mm. felt like uh, a normal, like I was able to get a dose of a normal thing. I also have a, like a history, like I'm, I'm five years sober. And so I always Mm. have to be careful of like, for me, it was like a hit of like, (laughs) like normal oh Oh, i got a taste yes 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 (laughs) so it was very soothing but i also can go into the world of like binging on stuff too because i was like oh sure next one i'm like okay maybe just take a few days (laughs) before finding the next dance party but yeah yeah i think trying to um and maybe it's also just the time like more time has passed um things just are settling a little bit more. I have a better sense of 
what my day is going to look like and I have a better sense of what kinds of feelings I might have. So mm -hmm. even if it's a day that's a hard day, I'm like, okay, well, it's a hard day. It's not like, and now what is this? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's that day. Yeah. And then when I wake up and I'm like, yeah. oh, it's a good day. Great. I'm going to take advantage of that by, you know, being a bit more productive today or whatever. So mm. some of it might just be that time has passed and and for me in particular with the fringe, because we had so much, like, we don't know, we don't know, we're holding, we're waiting. Even for us to just say, okay, it's done, was sort of an end of a chapter that was very hard to manage. So the cancellation was, of course, disappointing, but was at least like, okay, well, at least we have something solid. You know, yeah, now there is a certain anxiety to not knowing, right? Like, Absolutely. like to, to, to have that hanging over your head. Well, we have to make a decision, but we're waiting. We need to make a decision. Are we going to do it? Are we not going to do it? That's, mm -hmm. that's tense. And then to actually make mm -hmm. that decision and it's not the one you want, but it's a decision mm -hmm. that's, you know, takes a lot of weight off. Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling a lot of pressure for the artists of yeah. just knowing like, how hard it was for us i think it was harder for them because oh, they had no yeah. control you know mm -hmm. and and until they knew even what was happening with like their money like mm. <laughs> before because some festivals were updating their withdrawal policies and some weren't and some were making decisions but had lots of options and nothing was confirmed yet and yeah. there was so much up in the air that i personally was feeling a lot of responsibility for uh, knowing that people were having sleepless nights and knowing yeah. that every time we sent an email, even if the email was just like, Hey, no news, but we're here. Even just getting that in an inbox could be triggering or yeah. be upsetting for someone or disappointing. And so for me, yeah, it just, even though it was not a decision that we um, took lightly and it was hard emotionally, it was also very, when it was clear, it was incredibly clear. Like as soon yeah, as we were yeah. like, okay, okay, what else can we do? There's nothing mm -hmm. else we can do. No. So there was some, uh, uh, I don't know, sense of calmness and, and certainty in that, that I did appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Franny, thank you so much, uh, for, for having this conversation with me tonight and, uh, uh, good luck with the next few, few weeks. And I look forward to, to touching base with you again. Yes, for sure. Happy to talk. Got lots of time. <laughs> <laughs>